When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Patton Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. Oh my gosh, we've got, we still have Steve Agee here. Steve Agee's in the house. He came back a Am week. Am I allowed to talk? Is yes, it, oh, you can okay. go ahead. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi, I'm still here. He came I back a whole here. week. Leah. He stayed here the whole week. And then he came back. We didn't record this episode right after that first one. Mm-mm. This is a week later. Yeah. Well, All right? changed. Please oh my God, keep so that in mind. so much has changed. Oh, my God. It's crazy. We should try to predict what has changed since then. Like, what? wow. Putin's so Putin's um, dead. Can yeah, you believe? So Putin's dead. That's great. That'd be awesome. Oh, my God. What if he were? Awesome. Oh what if God. he actually were? Please. Wow, that'd be awesome. Anyway. Well, um, as we are recording this, uh, a, a hilarious – this is a day after – um, Tom Brady has announced his unretirement. Uh, he is going to keep playing because uh, you can't. Come on, he's Tom Brady. Got to keep playing. And look, I look. I respect that. I I, I don't ever want to retire from doing what I do. I like doing this. I just want to do it till I can't do it anymore. Yeah, just but keep you, going. You can. Tom Brady is an athlete. I know. He's got to be careful about you know. No, but like you don't play football when you're 80. No, but he wants to play. What I'm saying is, he wants to do what he does as long as he can. Right. Until so, and he was like, "It's not time for me to retire." However, uh, one of the stories that's been missed in his unretirement is the day <laughs> before he announced his unretirement. His last football that he ever used uh, in a game because it's his la- was his last game was auctioned for half a million dollars. Oh no, and he's not somebody, retiring. Well, somebody oh, bought it, it for oh, half shit. a million dollars. Yeah. So, so there's some guy, I don't know who bought it, but someone <gasps> paid half a mil yeah. for the last Tom Brady the football. Last. And, and then the not... day after he goes, oh, you know what? Uh, changed my mind. Whoa. So I don't know how this is going to pan out. Does he, does he get the money back? Or does he say, hey, when you finally do retire, I get that football? Oh, well, uh, like, but no, because they're, they're going to want to sell that football yeah, for another amount. Yeah, he didn't buy it from yeah. Tom Brady. Exactly. He didn't buy it from Tom. So I don't know how that happened. There is something so yes. hilarious. That guy is going to be super bu- – that guy is he bombing is, right he now. He must I, – again, I wish – if if ever – I'm sure no one filmed the moment when he realized, but if ever there was a time to use the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. He did uh, what? So he did <laughs> – sorry. Bum. So that has been this amazing story that's making the rounds, and I love it. So some poor guy. God damn it, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, when I was at South by Southwest, the movie I'm in called The Prank with yeah. Rita Moreno. Yeah. The reason why she was not actually at the premiere yeah. because she's doing a movie with Tom Brady, 
And I and and I was like, "Where's Rita?" And they're like, "Oh, she's doing a movie with Tom Brady." I mean, and I said, "You mean Tom Hardy, right?" And <laughs> and 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 they're like, "No, Tom Brady." I'm like, "But he's a football player." Yeah. So she's doing a movie with uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, and oh, there's one other fabulous lady with them. Um, and the, it's like a road trip of these four ladies. They're all in their 90s, by the way. Heck yeah. And they all go to the Super Bowl to meet Tom. I bet it's Bette Midler. Oh, oh uh, yeah, who probably is it? Bette. There's one other fabulous, fabulous one. Anyway, yeah, they're all going. Wow. There you go. So that's pretty funny about We've Tom We've talked Brady. about this before, but Rita has had quite the life dating-wise. Um, oh, is that true? Oh, my was, God, dude. She dated Marlon Brando. She cheated on him with Elvis. And then she said it wasn't worth it because Elvis wasn't good in the sack. Yeah, she was trying to make Brando jealous because he was, I guess, cheating on her or something. So she goes, I'm going to sleep with Elvis. And then she's like, as she said, uh, sex with Elvis was amateur hour. Wow. <laughs> but again, and that's like probably a month of her life. Like yeah. that, yeah, other people, that would, other people, that would be what they would base their life around. And she's like, okay, yeah, that defines. Let me tell you them. about last February. That was the oh. best part of filming the movie when we were waiting in between Stories. shots, and Reed and I were just sitting there talking, and she's telling me about all her boyfriends, and then I was telling her about all my boyfriends, <laughs> and we were like, oh my god, we have the same blah blah blah. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh my god, yeah. Some craziness. Um, speaking of dream boyfriends. Ooh. Let's go into part two. Oh, of Steve. <laughs> what? Oh my God, did you say he's right? I, I could said, not be. I could not have been ramping that up even harder. And you're like, who? He's right here. I was thinking, who? Steve. Well, I Agee. thought you were about to. Say, sorry, Elvis. Elvis. I thought you were about to say another person. Oh well, an, ex, an actual ex-boyfriend. Elvis. <laughs> At South by Southwest, Nicholas Cage has a doing? new great movie out yeah. right now. Uh, although I do hear that movie is incredible, and I'm and it. That's that's one thing about going to a, a, a film festival with a movie. It's bittersweet. Yes, I'm there with a movie, but you got to spend all your time promoting it, and you don't get to see anything else. True. So I didn't get to see the new, um, uh, uh, the, the one with um, Michelle Yeoh, whose title I can never get down. Everything, everywhere, all the time. Something like that. And your ex boyfriend Nicholas Cage's new movie. Oh, um, that my looks amazing. The massive. What is it? The massive weight. The unbelievable of burden of ma- it just yeah. looks incredible. I cannot wait to yeah. see this movie. There's all these incredible movies here that I didn't get to see. The Tony him. Hawk documentary. Oh, Tony we're, Hawk we're supposed to go that one, too. We're, no, well, we're going we're to gonna see a premiere. At where the... he's got the half pipe thing. We're oh, gonna, and he's going to do tricks. Except didn't he just well, hurt he's himself? he's got a broken leg. He, he just broke his leg. He <laughs> DM'd me because I broke my foot. I slipped off a curb like your aunt. You broke your ankle well, your and your foot in three places, So honey. what? He broke his femur going off of some kind of crazy thing, and yeah. he's like, hey, we're in the same boat. I'm like, no, we're not. And he sent us the... Or he showed his X-ray, yeah. and his femur is literally like gone. It's separated. It's, it's separated. It's like, and by the way, it's apparently the worst pain you can yes. experience. Worst. It's, I don't know how it's he's level being 10. funny level about 10. it. Level ten. I don't know. He even said something like, "Maybe he'll get there. Maybe he'll do something." And I'm like, "No, you're not. Uh, no, you should be in the hospital for the rest of your life." Yeah, exactly. Just stay on a morphine drip forever. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was. Uh, oh God. Anyway. Back I don't want to talk about broken bones. Back to the other ex-boyfriend. Steve Agee is here. <laughs> oh, my God. America's ex-boyfriend, Steve Agee. I love that. That would be great. America's, America's ex. ex-boyfriend. Um, so, Steve Agee, uh, comedy kind of um, scenester in, in all this amazing stuff. Channel 101, Sarah Stone program. And then suddenly, yeah. talk about a, a, a weird mid-career pivot. Weird. You bump into um, a man who crawled his way out of the trauma ghetto to become yeah. one of the top uh, filmmakers working today, Mr. James Gunn, brilliant filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. And um, writer. 
and writer and everything. Dawn How of did the you, Dead, yeah. Oh, God, that's And right. animal lover. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, loves animals. Time, Love, loves animals. So Good did, guy. How did you run into James Gunn? How did that happen? That randomly happened. Uh, I am friends with Shawnee Smith. Who Shawnee was, was in the movie Annie with me yeah. when I was 10 years old. Yeah, Shawnee from Back to School. No, not Back to School. Summer, Summer School. school. I had oh, my blob, God. I had the, such a crush on her. The Blob. The Blob. Uh, the Saw right. movies. Oh, my God. Um, she has a weird cameo in um, Armageddon with uh, Steve yeah. Buscemi sitting at the bar. I was like, that's yeah. Shawnee. That's yeah. so funny. She uh, was co-hosting a show with James on VH1 called Scream Queens. Where oh. they were searching for the next, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis or the like next Like a reality Shawnee. show. Yeah. Oh. And um, so one, one day she called me and she's like, hey, I'm going to this like dinner, like wine and cheese party at James Gunn's brother's house. You want to go with me? She's like, James is the only person I know. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll go. And we went, and James and I hit it off immediately. Yeah. Super funny, dark sense of humor. We immediately got along. All his friends who were there were amazing. And um, at the end of the night, he was like, we do this every Sunday. Come back whenever you want. I literally went back every Sunday. Oh, that's awesome. Shawnee never went back. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept going back, and that's how I met James. It was probably like 2008 or nine. And they put this... you in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, hang on. Could this have been how you met Meredith? Because wasn't there a connection with you? No, I met Seth and I met Steve way earlier. Oh, oh like okay, okay. Twenty years yeah. ago, oh, oh, something right. like that. And then, so then that led to Guardians of the Galaxy. You were one of the Reavers. That even before that, I did. A uh, really small part in Super with Rain Wilson yes. and Elliot Page. Uh, I worked in a comic book store with Elliot's character, and I have an interaction with uh, Rain. And it, we shot it. We did reshoots. I, I was involved in the reshoots. He had me in one of the bigger parts mm-hmm. as one of Kevin Bacon's heavies. <laughs> and they shot that in Shreveport. Oh. And I was supposed to go do this. I was supposed to work as a local hire, which, as you know, is just uh-huh. a, a bummer of, like, you got to get yourself there and yeah, put yourself yeah, up. Yeah. And I was so broke at the time. Oh. And, like, two weeks before I was supposed to go, I get an offer to do Two Broke Girls there you go. for, like, a bajillion dollars. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I fucking need this money. Yeah, but I really want to do this movie with James. I'm a huge fucking fan. I don't want to let him down. And so I called him and I go, I have this weird predicament thing that came <laughs> up. And he's like, Are you crazy? Do two broke? Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, Get that money. He's like, I'll find something for you and reach. If anyone's going to understand that from where he, the way he came up, he absolutely understands. No, no, go make yourself some money. Yeah, I'm gonna. There's this isn't the only movie I'm making. And so he was like, we'll find something in reshoots. And so we did. And it was at the, there was a comic book shop. I don't know if it's still there. It's on Ventura Boulevard Earth over in two. Studio City. Earth 2. Yeah. Right yep. near Radford. Yep. Yep. Oh, but, no. Wait a minute. You might have been at Universal Comics. Was it upstairs or downstairs? It was ground level. Earth 2. It's probably Earth 2. I don't Earth. think it's there anymore. Um, that could be wrong. Yet. Yeah. That could be know. gone. But it was like right near, like, Radford and the Trader Joe's, McDonald's, and that little area. Oh, then the, yeah, then that's gone now. But now, but I love how you have become. It's like um, you're the uh, you're the uh, William H Macy 
uh, his <laughs> David Scott, Mamet. Yeah, like yeah. he just, you're his good luck charm. It seems like in all his projects now. He produced a movie called uh, Belco Experiment. Um, yeah. Which was shot in uh, Bogota, Colombia, about an office, and all of a sudden everybody's locked in the office. And it's like a Stanley Milgram experiment, but way bloodier and, and they way have to scarier. Kill each other, yeah. Yeah. So he, James had cast me in that, and once again, not even two <laughs> weeks, but two days before I was supposed to start shooting in Bogota, Colombia, two days. My dad goes into the ICU. Oh, no. He is dying. Oh. oh no! And I'm still like, oh, I'm destroyed. I feel I don't want to let James down. I call him. I am sobbing. I'm like, my dad's dying. Right. And he goes, I would be disappointed in you if you went to Bogota. Wow. And so, yeah, he's a cool guy. I stayed and hung out with my dad for a few months until he died, and like. Do not regret it at all. You know, that's just the type of person James is. He was just yeah. like, yes, take care of yourself first. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about James Gunn. We're going to talk more about Guardians of the Galaxy, the Reavers. We're going to talk about face goggles, and we're going to get to Peacemaker. Stick stick around. What are you doing? You're folding laundry. You're not going anywhere. We'll see you in a second. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, we're back. Um, yes, before you send us angry speak pipes, uh, it's Ravagers, not Reavers. I was thinking of Firefly. I was thinking of Serenity. Oh, dear God. Excuse me, sir. Very similar. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, very. Well. Space pirates. Space pirates. Although the, the, the Reavers are basically space savage cannibals. You are hardy space pirates in yeah. very cool. Did you get to your costume in Guardians is fantastic. Yeah. You've got the cool goggles. Did yeah. you get to... Put together your own wardrobe when you went in, no. or they had it mapped that out was for you. All, you know, a lot of the Ravagers uh, actors have to wear like fucking insane prosthetics. Uh, and, yes, and we didn't do. James just he's like, grow your beard out. He's like, we don't <laughs> really have any Ravagers with. He's like, grow your beard out. Uh -huh. And then I was like, can I at least shave my head? And so I thought that looked cool with the big beard and a oh, shaved nice. head. Yeah. And then he was like, Let, let's give you a scar. So he put a big scar across my face. And then he was just like, I, th I think I want to give you big, like, Coke bottle goggles. Right. Which were the worst. I would have to, like, oh, can no. you see through them? I would have to time out my walks because once you put them on. Oh, no. And there were also lights inside of them oh, so you gosh. could see my eyes. So it was just, like, blinding. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but, and you did that for two movies. No, that was just Guardians 2. I thought you were in Guardians 1. No, uh-uh. Nerds are going to rip me apart. No, Patton. You, gotta... you don't know your movies, sir. <laughs> you uh, don't know your movies, sir. No, that me, was sir. just two. Excuse yeah. me, sir. Um, I just, I was, as I was saying before the break, I, you know, James has a big 
um, dark, sloppy heart. And I mean that yeah. as a compliment. He can find these moments of humanity in in a, in a lot of violence. And that, that thing at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where Michael Rooker is basically telling him, I was your dad. Yeah. I was raising you to the best way I could to survive. In this. And you're like, I am I? Choking up the guy's blue. How am I choking <laughs> up watching this with head. a fin on his head? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just do, do you, um, is that in the script when you when you're given it, or is it sometimes found on the set? Or that's all in the script, it's all there, it's like all there. Like, that's that's part of the luxury, and you've done this in working with a director who also wrote the source material. Mm-hmm. Is like by the time you get to set, he's written it and rewritten it right he literally has sees it in his head like he can walk in and part of the joy of working with someone like that is like you can do one take and they're like yeah we have it right did he and make the first it into day, a, did the, he make it into a comic book is it like cuz i would imagine it was story, based on a comic it's based book storyboarded on, yeah okay but he was the ad will be like are you sure you don't want it? and he's like no i i literally he's know he's editing it in his head he knows yeah. what he needed for that show. Oh, on wow. the on the Flip side of that coin, if you don't get it, it's like a hundred takes of like one more time, one more time, one more time. Yeah. How much interaction and how much consideration did you have to do filming for green screen for special effects? This is going to come in later, so you need to. Was there ever any? Did you ever have to do any ballet moves around a thing that was going to be there later? Well, no, not in Guardians. In, In Suicide Squad, as King Shark, there was a lot of that where like. There's a lot of actor because I'm just motion. I'm motion reference, right? Because they're not copying my face because it's a shark's face. So it's mm-hmm. like the VFX team is just like they've got a body scan of me and a drawing of the shark, and so everywhere I go, they just drop in the shark over my body, and it's. But there's. Are you are you in the scene with little dots all over you, or you're just no? I'm in just, just a gray suit. If we're out in the open, yeah, because they're not doing voice, they're not doing facial stuff. No, it's yeah, it's just I'm there for the actors and uh, for the visual effects, and you know, scenes when we're out in the open and there's nobody near me, I'm just in like a a gray bodysuit and like a little bike helmet with like balsa wood frames mm-hmm. for his head and eyeballs, and that's it. When we're in tight areas, like in a van or walking through trees where I have to, my body's going to displace, you know, branches and stuff. I had to wear what's called a displacement suit, which is the biggest fucking chest piece, (laughs) foam, like Peter Capaldi said, I looked like a kidney stone. (laughs) And Oh God, I could, I could hear him saying that with his accent. You looked like a kidney stone. Like a fucking kidney stone. I just, oh my God. And it's more so other actors don't walk inside of King Shark's body if they're too close. Or so visual effects knows where to make branches move as I walk through. But the scene, yeah, they weren't doing facial capture stuff on you, but there's a, again, this is James Gunn. There's a weirdly touching scene where King Shark is at the aquarium and he's looking at the fish and his body, he just this lost little kid all of a sudden. So you had to, that was your acting. That was all my body. That body stuff was, and it's so... You're choking up a little bit. And every time He's you so see... so alone in the world. Every time you see King Shark pulling up his shorts, Is that that's me pulling, up, pulling up my fucking shorts because for the first couple of days, it was just, I'm just in tights and like 
after like a week, they came in and there were shorts, like workout shorts. To, they're like, it's a little uncomfortable. Uh, we can see everything. Right. So yeah. I'm wearing these like, you know, Adidas workout shorts, which are way too loose. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly pulling my shorts up. And I didn't realize it until I saw the movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I was running and they wouldn't fucking really stay good. up. And yeah. Oh, no, it works for the movie. Again, it makes this. King Shark, as much of a killing machine as he is, it's like Karloff's Frankenstein. He's basically a child. Absolutely. Just no one's ever been nice to him. Absolutely. So he doesn't know anything but killing everyone he meets. Yeah. And then when he is, I, I don't want, I'm going to get all choked up, God damn it. The yeah. scene in the aquarium is so beautiful. Yeah. And then you. That's the first thing I shot. That's one of the first days we shot anything. Wow. And it was just me and James on the set and. A full fucking day of me running around that fucking aquarium. Aww. It was really fun. And then you were, and you would also do the dialogue that Stallone would do later. Would you say your dialogue, or they, he would just put it in later? Yeah, I would do all the dialogue, and we did rehearsals, and we did a table read. Mm-hmm. And I, it wasn't until we did the table read, we're sitting there in Atlanta, and I was so fucking nervous. I'm sitting at this giant table. Idris Elba walks in and sits next to me. Oh. Margot Robbie sits on the other side of Damn. him. Peter Capaldi sits oh, next to me. God, uh, my heart is pounding. And then we're about to start, and I open up the script, and I'm like, James and I, and I have never talked about what his voice is supposed to be. Oh god! And I was like, I was shaking as I, I see we're leading up to my first line, and I just kind of did a deep because I was like, he's a big shark. He's yeah, scary. Shark. So I, I made him. Oh. Me read book and like mm-hmm. scary. I love it. It was great, and we did that for a, a few rehearsals too. And then James texted me one night. And he's like, "That voice isn't working for me." <laughs> and so you know how like on the iPhone, there's an app with like you can use your face or animal faces. Right, yeah. right. So there's a shark, and so I would record different voices as the shark and text them to James. <laughs> so what's the at, voice? at one point he's like, "Try it with a lisp." So I'm like. It sounded like Woody Allen, and I was just like, and I was stuttering. I'm like, me read book, and it was just like not working. And then one day, just before shooting, he's like, I think Stallone. He's like, slow. He's like, and you're struggling to get the words out. Right. Like, you really want to do good with the words, um, but it's. Not even secondary to you. It's, yeah. And he's like, think Stallone. He's like, but even slower. And so the whole movie, me do this, me talk, my best Stallone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what, you know. Makes me even more endearing. It's really sweet. Stallone had to yeah. work with. Yeah. I love how you find a voice. It's I, so interesting how you find a voice when you're doing voiceover work. I had to do. I had to wear a mocap suit, and they knew immediately when I showed up. They're like, and put those shorts on over because I think they had done a lot of mocap stuff. Yeah, and they knew like, let's cover that the butcher shop because yeah, we don't want that out there. It's really creepy. And, yeah, but but I had to have the dots. Yeah. on the face, and I did the giant facial expressions. Yep. The animators have stuff to do, and you yeah, just look insane. Cameras mounted that are yes. I had I had them. the helmet with the cameras looking at me. And you just feel insane. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. But again, it's a whole new world of acting. It's weird. It's coming. It was and, fun. It was yeah. fun, though. Yeah. Um, so then uh, that, of course, led to, um, and you were a, a dual role. You were the stand in for uh, Killer King Shark. Sh- King Shark, and then you were John Economos. 
who back. is an actual DC character. Yes, he is. He I did is. not. You probably would have known it, but I. He was in the John Ostrander original that, that Suicide Squad. Yeah, he was the warden of Bell Bell he Reeve. Was the warden of Bell Reeve. And now you're a, now he's been reduced to a flunky. And now he's a guy. fucking guy in the chair, complaining. Oh yeah, and and butt and, of everybody's jokes. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, there's a there was a great moment. There's a great episode. I believe it's episode three or four where John Economos has to do a PowerPoint presentation, oh, yeah, and it's yeah. horrible. And all everyone's doing is talking about how bad he is at PowerPoint, and he's getting all huffy. And then I tweeted out. I said the. I go, um, the final episode, the whole thing should hinge on John Economos doing a good Having to do PowerPoint. A good presentation. And then all the all the um, responses were like, yeah, he sucks. It's so lame. And then you tweeted, I didn't even want to do it, which was such a John Economos uh, response. Lame. It was so well, perfect. He said it in the show, too. He's like, I didn't want, it's not like yeah. I wanted to. I don't want to do this. How much, because um, that show, as, as scripted as James Gunn stuff seems, at the end of every episode, they have all these riff takes and yeah. outtakes. There's a there's an amazing episode where John Cena basically does a Steve Agee impression and kind of <laughs> yeah. nails it. He did great. He really did I'm great. I'm surprised because James released a, a, not too long ago a, a, a gag reel, a blooper reel, and I'm surprised there was nothing from that scene because there, I didn't know he was going to imitate my voice. He was just oh. supposed to say, talk as me, but not imitate me, and he... Mm-hmm. My name's John Economist. My beard's real. And I couldn't fucking get through the takes. Yeah. And there's also a scene in the final episode where you have to um, be completely honest in order to get this part of the mission done. And it is as funny as you've been up to that point. It is it is a touching, sad. brilliant, yeah. sad acting yeah, scene where yeah, yeah. you have to admit every yeah. vulnerable thing about yourself to these frigging aliens in order to save the world. I'm like, yeah. this is amazing yeah. acting. Yeah, it was it it was also great for me. It meant a lot because I've had that beard for the entire series mm-hmm. for seven months of shooting that shit. And then through all of uh, the Suicide Squad, I had that fucking dyed beard, which it's never mentioned that it's dyed in the movie. And I was like shooting in Atlanta, and I'm like, you fucking realize we say cut at the end of the day, you guys go home. And I go to like fucking Whole Foods, and I look look like like an asshole, because this beard is actually dyed. And it finally pays off. It finally pays off in the, the, the last episode. And also like, I knew. I think there was even more to that monologue. And the the weekend before I start, you know, I'm like going over the lines and I'm really getting into it. And I, I text James because I text him. I'm like, is this gonna be sad? I'm like, am I supposed to say this normal? Am I embarrassed? Am I sad? And mm-hmm. James was only note was just learn the lines, just do it normal. I think he didn't want me to get into my yeah, head, yeah, so he's yeah. like, just do it normal. He didn't want to freak me out, and so I showed up. Totally, like, ready to go. We do the lines. Oh, he thought it would make him look young and handsome. and It's so touching. And then he's like, okay, slow it down. A running joke pays off in an Emmy-worthy moment. And it was pretty amazing. And by, there were takes where he had me sobbing so much I couldn't get the lines out. Oh, my God. And I, he, James just took me to a place. I've never been before mentally shooting something. Wow. And... Um, and then when it aired, he kind of went in a middle range because he was like, 
at the end, you're still trying to make these guys think you're a butterfly. Yeah. You can't have a super huge emotion. Exactly. Yeah. All right. On that. Hey, Patton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're having fun. <laughs> this is a great day. I, first of all, I'm very happy Steve is here. Oh, He's my God. He's our friend. So and, you know, when you don't get to see people during coronavirus, and then you're I like, know. and you have a podcast, you kind of have to force your friend to hang out with you a little bit. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, Steve, you want to do this? But it's also like, oh, can we just hang out for Immediately, like, yeah. yes. Yeah. You got to drive out here and see us. Like, you have to, like, make your friends come hang out, and you just make them do it because then you say it's work. But it's also just amazing to talk to someone. You have the kind of – and it's weird, uh, the parallels with uh, Robert Carradine, who we've had as a guest. Um, the the things you have been in and connected to and seen just weird, yeah. by being in showbiz and being fascinated by it. Yeah. Always, to, If you are as fascinated by showbiz as you are by all the little accoutrements, the premieres or whatever, you're just fascinated by hanging out with cool people. That's that, the best that part. always builds you a much better career yeah. down the line. Yeah. I mean, you, Steve Ag, got to, if I'm not mistaken, in the Suicide Squad, yeah. don't you clobber Viola Davis at one point when she's about to kill, or who, you, your no, whole it was team? One, it was uh, an actress playing Flo Crowley, who was also in the comic books. Yep. Like, I am. I was a real character. Uh, um, uh, Amelia Harcourt is an actual character. Yes, she is. Um, and Flo Crowley, who's the one who beans Viola with a <laughs> golf club. <laughs> a golf club. Which I think is why she's not in the TV series. She's in jail. Well, she pops up at one point in the TV series. She does? Yes, very briefly. Oh, Nerd. Viola does. Viola. I, no, I was talking Flo Crowley. Oh, no, no, is Flo. In, she's in jail. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the comics, she gets she dies at one point or, or something. Oh, I don't maybe. Know. There's all the Suicide Squad. It was one of those again, uh, just like Guardians. Uh, give James Gunn the weird cult comic book that it was never a huge uh, seller, but everyone yeah. who reads comics, I thought the Suicide Squad was genius. It yeah. was such a brilliant comic, and the fact that they made this movie and now this ongoing TV show about it is so genius. Well, he wanted, he really, when Warner Brothers was like, we'll let you do something here with us, take your pick. Oh. He could have done anything. Wow. He wanted to do the Suicide Squad because in James' mind, as a f- mega fan of comics, um, you know, he's only up there on a level with people like you and Brian, you know, and he was like, it's the Suicide Squad. The whole thing is that they can die at any time. Well, he used that brilliantly in The Suicide Squad by doing massive ad campaigns with actors who die in the first For five two minutes, minutes. yeah. That was the best opening. That was I've his ever whole thing seen. was like, nobody's safe. Yeah. He's like, that's how it should be. Yeah. And so that's why he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how long did it? I've seen some of the rough footage of you guys. Uh, rehearsing the dance sequence that's in the opening oh credits. God. Oh you... my God, that is the best opening <laughs> sequence ever. What did he? That how was did the he de- scene that I was des- dreading most shooting. <laughs> how did he describe it to you? Like, how did he make sense of it to you guys? Like, how this- did he talk all of you into it? Well, it was in the script. Like the first script I read, I was like, "There's a cold open, peacemaker leaving the hospital," and then it it says, "Cut to you know." Opening dance number credits. Opening and I was like, what? <laughs> and that's all it said. And I was just like, what? James, are we dancing? He's like, yes. Yeah. He's like, I want to do a big dance number. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so 
I knew once I got the one sheet, the schedule, I, I knew, you know, halfway through shooting when we were going to be doing this. And I was just like kind of dreading it. I was like, mm-hmm. I have no rhythm or I'm, you know. Who was the choreographer? Carissa Barton, who was mm-hmm. married to Alan Tudyk. Oh. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And oh, nice. It was funny because while we were shooting, like the first half of the season, she was working out the dance moves mm-hmm. and she would have Alan do them and tape him and she would send them to James for approval. So James would be showing us like here and I was like, is that Alan Tudyk? Yeah, he's married to Carissa. And um, yeah, so about a month before we shot the the opening dance number, we would go in like groups of two or three to Mm -hmm. the production office for like an hour and we would, like once a week, we would do the dance. I had to do a dance on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and we had two days of rehearsal in a little dance studio not far from here in yeah. Burbank. And it was – I was, I really wanted to nail it. And then I – it was this um, uh, uh, choreographer, Kat Burns, who's, who's won multiple Emmys. She's a great choreographer. Oh, yeah. Goes, I love Kat. Yeah, she's awesome because I don't want you to get too – like there needs to be some charming uh, – Wait, she said I don't want you to get too good? I don't want you yeah. to actually nail this. There uh-huh. has to be a little bit of – But but Patton. But look, yeah. Could, could you have gotten too good? No, I don't no, think. Not, I, not I, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't way, think she needs to warn you. I think no. she just teaches yeah. it to you, and then you just do your but thing. But also, even if I had gotten good, the other dancers in the scene, it's like Rachel Bloom. Yeah. They they were all going to be amazing. So yeah, and Carissa choreographed this thing to everybody's strength. Like you s- literally see Robert Patrick just oh. kind of shake his hips. Well, no, he he does the like it's it, it there's a that move has a name. It's yeah. like he's presenting his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> It is the funniest thing. And that's it, because she's like, eh, he's probably not going to nail this. There's an old guy who's just kind of doing this. And, yeah, yeah, for me, I'm, like, in the background. And she really did it to everybody's weaknesses, really, instead of their <laughs> but, strengths. But then, but Harcourt, who's the actress who plays Harcourt? Jen Holland. She can really dance. She was a gymnast, yeah. Oh, okay, she's, yeah, so she was, she's yeah. She's great. She comes out, and she's awesome. First rehearsal, she was like, oh, fuck, okay. Yeah, God damn Here it. Go. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So that. So now, um, I know it's been picked up for season two. Yeah. So, um, obviously James is off, relaxing, recharging, and he'll be writing soon. No. 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 James is finishing else. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh, Three. That's right. Oh my god. Then he'll have to go right into editing, and then, uh, and then write our little season. Oh my god. Yeah. How long? How long are your shooting weeks, or what episodes? How long? An do you guys- episode. Because they're roughly an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. It was about 12 to 15 days an episode. Wow. The finale was 22 days because it was, it, was, it was huge. It was mostly at night. Yep. And that time of year in Canada, nights were about five hours long. So it was like we didn't have enough darkness. So they had to add, keep adding nights. So it was a wow. 22 night shoot. Wow. And on top of that, the night stuff outside is a massive battle royale, and you yeah. can tell the number of moving parts it must have been. Must have been yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's not just nights. It was also, like, nights with, like, the culmination of, like, you have all these prisoners and cops who are now taken over by butterflies. So hundreds of people. Like, there, there was a lot of people involved in that. Yeah. And then did you, did you have to um, – we can say it now. They, there's a Justice League cameo. Oh my at the end. god! Yeah. Did you have to be quiet about that? Or? Oh my god! You How know, many... I, you know, I'm a photographer, and I take a lot of on-set photos. Oh yeah. They were like 
do not bring your fucking camera to set. Whoa. Don't even have it be visible. Yeah, don't even leave bring it, it at base camp. Wait, it's already a spoiler alert, so we, we can know who it is? Well, at this it's point, out there it's now. It's out there. Everybody because, yeah. knows. Well, but at the very, so you're allowed to say it? Yeah. yeah. Um, who is it? it it's, uh, it's Batman. Uh, well, no, it's, it's Superman. It's Superman in silhouette. Wonder Woman in silhouette, and then actually Aquaman, Aquaman and the Flash. And the Flash. And Aquaman has a line that pays off because the whole season they're making jokes about how he fucks, fucks fish. fish. And then he's like, I'm so sick of that joke. But when we shot it, they were all silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were hoping that Momoa would do a cameo as Aquaman. And uh, he did because Peter Safran, who's our executive producer, was also the executive producer on Aquaman. And so while they were shooting Aquaman, they just took half an hour and, oh, nice. and shot him responding. And then James had heard that uh, Ezra yep. was a fan, and they're like, would he want to say something? And so Ezra did something. Yeah. And so that's how we got those two, yeah. It, it, it's weird how it's all beginning to implode. Ezra's doing his Flash movie that yeah. has the Michael Keaton Batman in it. <laughs> it, it's just insane. It's everything's becoming connected. It was again. so. I, I was. I, I've told people, you know, before it aired, I was like, there's one episode we're shooting where I've never seen James happier. He was running around, yes, just, just, I can't believe they're letting me do this. Yeah. And we, I mean, that's Superman who's there. We really had a guy hanging on wires. Like, that's not CG. That's. <laughs> that is so funny. And so there's literally a moment where I'm like walking towards the fucking Justice League going, this looks, wow. in, and I think they were using their actual like costumes, and wow. it was amazing. Um, Jason Momoa, the very first thing he ever did was Baywatch Hawaii. Baywatch Nights. Baywatch Hawaii. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, one of my best friends, uh, Brandy Ledford, was on Baywatch Hawaii, and so I stayed with them for two weeks in Hawaii. And this is Jason's very first thing, and we were all hanging out. He was so young and so sweet, and um, just to see like the how he's how he's become this like massive like hulky man. And I love his Instagram. He's such a broy, but like fun loving. Like, let's throw axes. He's like a man of the earth. He's just so cool with his motorcycle. Did you watch C? Did you guys watch C? I haven't. Uh, it's, it's fucking a, really good. Really? Yeah. It, it's a weird concept, a world where everyone's blind. Everyone's blind. Yeah. So that's, that's it's ra- I really dug it. It yeah. took me like a couple episodes, but there's a moment in episode three where I'm like, I'm fully in the whole oh, show. Love okay. it. Okay. Yeah. What's also really interesting about the Suicide Squad, and, and if you can't say anything about it, that's fine. Um, you know, HBO Max is going to do a whole Penguin show now with Colin Farrell. Right. And um, they can, you know, the, what was great about the comic, The Suicide Squad, was they could have any villain they want, like, going, you can work off two years of your sentence. Like, so there's a, yeah. there's a series in The Suicide Squad where they have the Penguin in to plan a heist. They need to break into a thing in Russia. And they're like, well, who does a lot of robbery? Oh, Oswald Cobblepot is a good Heist guy, yeah. and so they bring him in, and he just plans the heist, and then he le- like it's wait. Just that the kind penguin's of... name is Oswald. Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. Um. Didn't you play the penguin in something? In a college humor thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. right. I saw that. Which was really cool. And didn't and and just back to last episode, we talked about um, Steve. <laughs> Um, enjoying learning comedy or being introduced to things from Dr. Demento. And you had done, you played. You were Dr. Demento. He played Dr. Played Demento. Dr. Demento. In, in, a, in a Funny or Die short. Yeah. That's right. 
And and Weird Al was really happy because I'd listened to so much Dr. Mento that I got the voice perfectly. Yeah. Oh, so remind good. me because you just hear that. I just heard all of those shows yeah. over and over again. Yeah. yeah, I did this thing in Toronto with uh-huh. Panos Cosmatos for Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah, I cannot. And what? Where will that be? Will that be streaming on a certain channel? It's going to be Netflix. Nice. No nice. idea when it's dropping though. You None. got to work with Panos. I've I've gone to um lunch with him a bunch of times. He's a giant cuddly teddy bear. No, I, I met him when I was doing uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. He was working on something with a friend of mine, and he found out that I was in Vancouver, which is where he lives. Mm-hmm. And he got my – oh, from Rich Fulcher. He got my phone number from Rich Fulcher. Oh, my Fulcher. God, Rich Fulcher. Best narrator on Drunk History ever. We watch ever. Drunk oh. History. It is the crazy. he is the craziest. Good God. Yeah, um, Steve <laughs> – Oh my God, I, I know this guy, and he wants to have <laughs> oh my, that's dinner. That's a good Rich Fulcher. So Rich was like, Panos wants to meet you. And so I had like dinner with Panos and was like, there oh, this go. guy's great. That's I had awesome. breakfast with Panos. Well, I and never I, met Panos, so let's take a break, and we'll be right back to talk about how great you guys are. Did you get our picks? Tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. (laughs) Hey, you're back. We're back. We're all back with Steve Agee. I'm going to do some picks. We're going to get out of here. Let's do it. All right. Books. Just read uh, the 13th book in the Travis McGee series by John D. McDonald. It's called A Tan and Sandy Silence. It was written in 1971, and it's one of the first like action adventure man novels that as far as I know really acknowledges that the character is getting older and is slower and has to start changing his tactics in order to survive what he does. And it's really interesting to see an act. It would be so interesting if somebody down the road does an action thing and it's about the action guy having to use different techniques to get over on people because I don't have to speed anymore. It's kind of like Logan, like. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Um, But it was really, and and just like all of um, John D. McDonald's books, they are wonderfully written, great stories, and oh, there's always a couple of paragraphs that just don't age that well, and you're like, go, I guess that was okay at the time, but you, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, And then uh, movies. I just saw a movie uh, that came out last year, uh, two years ago, called The Whaler Boy. It is a um, uh, directed by a Russian uh, director, Philip Yuryev, and it takes place. It's a it's a young man living in a remote uh, village in the Bering Strait. I think he's um, like a, a Native American, you know, and and it's a huge whaling village. And then um, the internet comes to this tiny whaling town, and he falls in love with a cam girl and is determined to cross the Bering Strait to get to Detroit, Detroit, (laughs) so that he can be with her. And and it is so gorgeously filmed and really touching. And it was so – because I had just come off of rewatching Taika Waititi's Boy and Hunt for the Wilder People, and Mm -hmm. it so had that flavor to it that I I called him. I was like, I'm going to send you this. I have this DVD. It's part of this – a subscription service I have called Film Movement, and they every month oh, they wow. send you a new film that did the festivals and didn't get distribution, 
and this one is amazing, and I just sent it to Taika. So this is not a movie you can find on, like, a streamer anywhere. You can, you can go to filmmovement.com, and it'll stream there, and some of their stuff ends up on Canopy, but they really go and find wow. the outer fringe movies and awesome. send you amazing things. And this movie, The Whaler Boy, is beautiful. Film mm. movement is a gift that Patton often gives to people yeah. who, you know, the person who has everything. And... Um, it's just obscure cool. movies that oh, they send cool. that they yeah they tell you about and um, you these, get to see really cool stuff that nobody ever gets to see. These people go to every film festival. Obviously, they go to Toronto, they go to South by Southwest and Sundance. They also go to the obscure ones that you've never heard about. Right. And there are there are movies that do festivals and win awards and and they just never get distribution. And the they make straight film festival. The, the <laughs> yeah, and then they make sure that this gets out there. Yeah, it's that sounds it's, right. it's very cool. It's a really cool service, and this movie was beautiful. Cool. So, and I also I I was I called Chloe Zhao. I'm going to drop out of the name and say, hey, because it really reminded me of um, songs my brothers taught me yeah. and the writer. And I said, hey, I'll send you this DVD. And then she said, I don't have a DVD player. She goes, I'll find it streaming. I said, okay. And then I called up Ty because you have a DVD player. He goes, I do. You've got to see this because both of those. It so reminds me of their world, like what they yeah, look at. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful. Cool. So, and those are my only picks this week. Look, I've been busy. <laughs> Those are good to picks. Tell you. Yeah. Those are good picks, Patton. Uh, anything else you want to um, plug or talk about coming up, Steve? I think we've done it. I, I you know, season two. Sadly, you're going to have to wait for. God we, uh, damn it! You know, James has to wrap Guardians and write this. Do the Guardian, the so we're probably looking at at least a year. Oh man! Um, yeah. You have an amazing career and a great story, and, and an amazing way of going about it. Yeah, and you're just the coolest guy, and we love you. Oh, thanks, y'all. I love yeah. you guys, too. We like hanging out with you. I, I can't wait. This to was s- a ruse, really, <laughs> just to get to hang out. Well, I'm glad you guys used it. I love that I can say to, to a guest, I can't wait to see what you do next, and and the guest is just as, like, I don't know. I can't what, either. Yeah, that's what's so cool. I don't know what I have next. Yeah, so, yeah. Your, your, your career takes all these great right and left turns. That's yeah. the way to do a career. It's so great, so... Thank Makes you for sense. being on our podcast. Yay. My it was pleasure. super fun. And um, hey, Patton, mm. this was fun. Yes, this was great. That was fun. We'll hear you guys. You'll hear us next week. We'll hear Next week, we'll do more of your speak pipes, I'm sure. There'll be plenty of speak pipes uh, for Steve. Pipes. There'll be a lot of angry ones about uh, Reavers versus Ravagers. Oh, boy. And oh, dear God, um, the, the stuff we left out about Suicide Squad, I'm sure we're going to hear all about it. Of course. And, and, and perhaps, oh, no, that was last week. I was going to say, and perhaps Patton will get me a birthday present. We can talk about that next week. <laughs> podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.